I think a lot of us have learned to perform in a clinical context and some of that is subduing your personality because when patients have a tragedy, they don't want to have the burden of their physician's emotions. We want to show them we're human, but we have to maintain professionalism. So many of us were so put together all the time and rule followers and always on time and taking care of other people in our lives that this one moment of the point of it was just to like really be free and deliver the best performance we could possibly do. Being part of that was just something none of us expected and is a gift we're all going to carry with us for the rest of our lives. Welcome to the Rock Docs podcast, a podcast about the female physician choirs of Voices Rock Canada. In this podcast series, we share how we found a powerful and unexpected remedy to burnout through singing, our community, and our big-hearted and hilarious artistic director, Anthony Bastianin. Hello and welcome. In this episode, I interview Dr. Anne Aspler, an emergency physician, mom of two young girls, and an author currently writing a memoir about processing family shame. I recorded this episode with Anne right after our fight song performance at Canada's Got Talent, and she speaks about how this was a life-changing moment for her and how the Voices Rock community has helped her through family challenges during the pandemic. So please enjoy this episode and stay tuned until the end when you can hear a clip of one of Anne's favorite songs. Welcome, Anne, and thank you so much for being on the show today. Before we jump into talking about choir, why don't you just give me the basics, if you can start off by telling me who you are, what you do, and then anything else that you want listeners to know about you. Thank you so much for having me, Kara, and thank you for doing this podcast on our choir. It's truly a delight to be here. I'm one of several emergency physicians in the choir. Right now, I work full-time at North York General, which is a hospital in Toronto. And I'm also the point-of-care ultrasound director there. And I'm a mom of two young children under five. And it's truly been amazing to be a part of this choir. I joined uh, right before the pandemic started. And I grew up singing in a lot of choirs. Like I was in a youth choir growing up and jazz choir. And I think that for a lot of us, we used to do a lot of fun things in our life. And then, you know, middle age came along and all of our responsibilities. And a lot of us don't make time to kind of belt out tunes in the car or the shower. And this being a part of this group has been a major opportunity for us to forget about a lot of those responsibilities that we have in our, our day-to-day life. And I've really enjoyed being a part of it. Oh, and you're such an emerged doc. You just answered my first three or four questions. <laughs> Uh-oh. I didn't mean to. That's okay. You know what? No, I was totally going on a tangent. I'm like, I'm not answering questions. That's my number one skill is not <laughs> answering questions. Curious to know, because you did a lot of music before, what is different about our choir, would you say? So I grew up in like the church choir, which is mainly focused on, you know, you're part of this faith group. And unfortunately, I'm not a part of that faith group anymore, but it was a wonderful thing growing up to be part of the community that also included singing together. So... In a way, I actually think that Voices Rock is more similar to that kind of choir because we're a community and we also sing together. But then when I've done kind of more professional choirs, so when I was in University of Alberta concert choir and we would do some kind of business gigs that were paid for and in a jazz choir, it still is a lot of fun and you hang out afterwards, but it's not like a big emotional support all the time as well. With our choir, it's, you know, you don't have to audition to get into it. So it is kind of more inclusive community spirit to it. 
So I would compare it more to the choirs that I was a part of growing up, that it's, it's just part of being a community and the focus happens to be singing. Is there anything that you couldn't have anticipated or anything that has surprised you since being part of this choir? I think I joined it with the two, I love how as scientists, we have to like make bullet points. I'm like, <laughs> I joined it with a twofold objective. <laughs> my, two, <laughs> my twofold objective was one, not being from Toronto. You know, I have friends here, but I, I was looking to meet people. So there was definitely more of this, the social aspect for me. And then secondly, I really missed being part of something musical. And I've had some musical goals of wanting to do some small performances. They also play piano. And I was like, I really need to get back into singing on a regular basis and just improving my skills and practicing singing. So one of the things I, the two things I wasn't expecting was I wasn't expecting like how cool and interesting all the people in the choir were going to be. Like I kind of had a, a sense, you know, people who were ambitious enough to do medicine, but then also make time to have a side hustle in a creative way would probably be extremely interesting and also just all around amazing people. So I guess I was expecting that, but I love the people in our choir so much. So I wasn't expecting to just find so many kindred spirits and just genuinely love so many of the people in the choir. Like I would want to be their friends, even if they weren't physicians or saying or whatever. And then the other thing that I wasn't expecting is the electric blue moment. Like for me, that I think is a moment that's going to stick with everybody who was a part of that for maybe the rest of their lives. That's something I wasn't expecting to have a life-changing moment in the choir. So what I mean by that is in our medical training, I think a lot of us have learned to perform in a clinical context. And some of that is kind of subduing your personality in a way, because, you know, when patients have a tragedy, they don't want to have the burden of dealing with their physician's emotions. So we kind of learn to stuff a lot of our emotions down. We want to show them we're human, but we have to maintain professionalism. And obviously we all love Anthony and he's amazing in terms of his enthusiasm and humor and his amazing arrangements and the vocal coaching. But that moment when he brought in his wife, Denise, to coach us to, I mean, he didn't say we were lifeless sticks, but there's kind of like a, <laughs> okay, doctors, like you need to show us a bit of your personality. People won't just want to watch you all like blankly stare there. Not all of us are kind of like static bodies at baseline, you know, namely like people like Rachel Mitchell or like Chetna, like who, you know, really get into the groove. But I think a lot of us, maybe we did have that groove growing up, but we've kind of learned to try to present ourselves in a way that's, you know, sterile. Um, so she, you know, professional, professional, I guess I should say professional, <laughs> but this moment when she coached us to really dig into what was her own performance personality and she called it, you need to do your own version of electric blue. Like I think it really took off in a lot of our imaginations and just kind of encouraging us to have that kind of confidence in our body and not shirk away from being our true selves it became a universal theme in the choir in performing. And I think a lot of us took that into our personal lives as well. Like, I know I can say that for myself. Sometimes I have these moments of like, should I go out there and do this thing that's non-traditional? And I think we're, a lot of us are going to carry Denise as like our performance mom for the rest of our lives, whether she likes it or not. So that was kind of unexpected, right? Like we thought we were coming to learn how to sing and be part of a community, but I didn't expect to have this revelation in terms of performance and what it means to really own your truth and 
take your take your enthusiasm and individuality to the next level. So that was a major gift that I think a lot of us got through performing that I don't think maybe some of us were thinking would have been a part of being this choir. I was just like, oh, I hope I hit the notes. I hope I sing on key and come in and cut off at the right time. But I wasn't thinking, oh, we need to think of ourselves as performers delivering a message. Mm -hmm. And I found that such an inspirational moment for me, even in my personal life, because I realized that all of us, even if you're really, even though I'm really outgoing, I still get nervous to be on stage or be the center of attention. Even though I don't necessarily mind it, it still provokes kind of anxiety of not wanting to say or do the wrong thing. And I think just having somebody who is fully in their performance world saying to us, people just want to see who you are, right? They don't want to see a dampened down version of yourself. Give us you. And even if it's kind of weird, people would rather see a weird you than a dampened down non-you. And I, I think that being part of that was just something none of us expected. And as a gift, we're all going to carry with us for the rest of our lives. Yeah. And I think maybe just to put a little bit more context to that electric blue um, comment that Denise made, she was saying right now you're kind of beige and the idea is that you want to be electric blue. And then mm-hmm. the funny thing that came of that is, as you know, Anthony has a has a bit of a complex about how much everybody loves Denise and how easy it is to, to fall in love with Denise. And um, in talking to Anthony about this little podcast project and asking about what I should name it, I was like, what do you think about Electric Blue? <laughs> <laughs> and his response was, you are dead to me. <laughs> oh, please tell me you're going to name it that. No, I can't. I mean, the, uh, the podcast is really about... Actually, you're the first person who's brought up Denise, which is amazing because I agree. She, even though she's not officially part of the choir, I think she's had this very special place. And as you mentioned, she's a bit of our our choir mom in a lot of ways. And mm-hmm. just how, how lucky we are to have Anthony and then also to have Denise. It's kind of mm-hmm. kind of incredible. But again, it's really funny that we've been on a reality TV show and then to experience that all together, you know, as a huge group and just see the behind the scenes of all that. Yeah, I think for a lot of us, we had been stuck in, you know, our hospital world, not stuck, we enjoy it. I know it's a privilege what we do. But many of us like let ourselves go, so to speak. I mean, myself included, because you know, you don't have to do your hair anymore. You're wearing a scrub cap, you got goggles and a visor on and a mask. And so even brushing your hair or or putting on any kind of makeup just started to seem silly after a while because it's getting smeared by goggles or a mask. And then suddenly we were asked to look presentable and and then also not show up as beige, try to show up with some more personality. And I think that it was just such a wonderful experience for so many of us to, to do something completely different than what we do in our regular lives. Like, a kind of a stupid anecdote and people were talking about doing their makeup on the chat. Mm-hmm. And I realized I'd never thought for the last 20 years about makeup in any way. And I didn't realize, you know, people do their eyebrows, like they put, put eyebrow pencil on. I'm like, I didn't know that. You know, there's a lot of things. <laughs> you know, when we get into our hospital world of medicine, differential diagnosis, treating patients. A lot of us are moms, taking care of your kids, taking care of your parents, paying the bills. There's no, there's no space to be like, oh, eyebrow pencils, you know, (laughs) I'm going to go, 
<laughs> I should. So there was something very luxurious about that. And even though it seemed frivolous, I think the idea is self-care, right? And so a lot of us, I'm sure this has come up talking with other people, but a lot of us do the choir as a form of self-care because being forced to just sit and sing and enjoy yourself is something that I think doesn't come naturally to a lot of us anymore. And then like paying attention to how my face looks is also, for example, something I got out of the habit of doing because when people are coming to the emergency department with a tragedy, it's all about making sure that their emotions are t- and needs are taken care of. And I think we get so much joy out of being able to help people. But every once in a while, it is nice to just sit down and say, oh, hey, like, I need to have a moment just for myself. And I think being a part of CGT suddenly focused a lot of us on saying, like, oh, I haven't bought a pair of jeans for like 10 years, you know. <laughs> Again, since I had two children and none of them fit anymore. And I remember, I don't want to mention people, but like, I remember Carolyn sharing her jean shopping story with us, right? She's like, I went here, I went there. Like, I I need just one pair of jeans. And she'd been so busy being the chief of an emergency department and dealing with so many things in her personal life. Like, just getting herself one pair of jeans had not been on her radar for years. Mm -hmm. So I thought, this is a good thing that I think a lot of us had to take a pause and, and something unexpected, I think, for a lot of us. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think there has just been that in general with our choir. I think about the past two years in the pandemic, and there has been a lot of burnout for many, many of our mm-hmm. colleagues. And when I think about burnout for myself, I luckily I work from home. I'm not on the front lines, but I I think a big part of me not burning out has been having something like choir, having a different aspect of my life other than being. Uh, you know, doing what I do for work and then also being a mom. And as you've mentioned, I think choir has really helped open up just another other dimension of who we are that's always been there, but maybe just has kind of shrunk because there just hasn't been a lot of space for other things. And even though choir is another time commitment and particularly CGT, we all had to take time off work and be away from our families. But even though it took more time, I think it's given back so much and like all of the choir related projects have given back so much that it's just worth it, right? It makes it easier to do all of the other things. Definitely. One thing during the pandemic that I enjoyed was all the open mic nights that we had. I had never recorded any songs with like me playing in piano with my children before. And it gave me an excuse to say, oh, I'm going to actually sit down, sing with them, play piano with them and record this. And it's something I'm going to have for the rest of my life now. So I'm was nice to just have an excuse to do something like that. And then in terms of the bur- the burnout piece, I think for me personally, like one thing that I struggled with during the pandemic was taking care of my mom who had a lot of challenges with her housing and she had unstable housing. And right now she doesn't still doesn't really exactly have a home. So, and that was something I wasn't expecting to happen during the pandemic. And there were so many people in our choir that reached out to me and sent me like really long personal messages at a time when I really needed extra emotional support. And I just feel so grateful to our choir for that. Like Car- Carolyn Schneider sent me some flowers like randomly when that happened. And like, there were so many people, I couldn't even remember all of them. Like Nandini, Sharon, Rushi, Jennifer, Avrantis, Elisa, Susan Tuin is Susan Tuin is amazing. I mean, now I'm going to go on a, go on another rant there, but (laughs) there's so many 
anyways, that was a huge support to me during the choir. Like I'm still struggling with my mom being homeless and people always are checking in with me. And I, I just really appreciate that. I didn't even bring it up very much in any other circle other than choir. I don't know why. It just seems like such a inclusive, safe space. And I do think a huge part of that is Susan. So I don't know if other people have specifically mentioned how amazing she is. So she's been mentioned just in terms of starting the choir, but no, nobody's talked about her yet. I think the thing about Susan is she has this spirit about her that is inclusive and welcoming and supportive and responsive. She's the backbone of the choir, in my opinion. There's Anthony. Poor Anthony. I mean, he's not getting a lot of showtime. Oh, don't worry. Anthony has had so much showtime in the other episodes. He's going to X X out my pod. This is the Denise. This is the Susan Mm, Denise podcast. Yeah. But Susan, I just don't even know. There's no words to describe. Just there's no one like Susan Tuin. Like Mm -hmm. without a Susan Tuin, there would be no, this choir would not exist in the way that it does. Because she's so devoid of ego, no matter what she's going through, she seems to always be there to respond to whoever in the choir needs it. Mm -hmm. And I think she's really put her heart and soul into making it a safe space and safe community. And I I just don't even know what to say. And she's just an amazing person. We're just so lucky that she had this vision. And not only did she have the vision, but she has that that staying power, right? No matter what we've gone through in the choir, whether it was flipping to virtually, you know, okay, now we're doing these open mic nights. Now we're going to do bios on um, introduce people and have them share their story. And now we're doing this huge project, Canada's Got Talent. But I mean, obviously Anthony has been there the entire way as well. But I think having somebody who's one one of us, who's a participant also be in that leadership role, I think has been really huge. Mm Mm-hmm. Agreed. So, yeah, Christine and I joke about how she's secretly an angel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. She's not. She's just an angel. Yeah, secretly I didn't an believe in angels until I met Susan Tuin. Hanging out with us. Yeah, no, she's incredible, and it's funny how nobody else has brought her up. I mean, I think everybody else feels the same as you and would say the same things, but it has been very focused on. I think more the community and Anthony and all the other things, all the other aspects of why choir is so special to all of us. Okay, I'm wondering if we can transition into some quick fire questions. Okay. Yeah? I'll try. All right. Favorite video that we've ever put together? I have to go with the Rise Again video just because it was like our very first one. Like, it's kind of like your firstborn. Hopefully my kids don't listen to this. But um, Rachel said the know, exact just... same thing. <laughs> Sorry? Rachel said the exact same thing. Oh, no. <laughs> It was the first time I I had never even put out a YouTube video in my life. I'm not a YouTube video person. And I think it was just the emotion behind what was going on at the time. It was just such an intense time. We all thought we were going to die. Like we were showing up to our shifts, being like taking three showers and Mm -hmm. changing our clothes five times, like just to exaggerate. But I mean, it it was like that. So when we, when we did that project, I had this sense like, oh, this might be one of the last things I ever do. I know it sounds dramatic now, but we thought it might be like SARS. So yeah, I think there was just so much emotion for all of us when we put together that video. And I for sure didn't expect it. Many of my colleagues reached out afterwards and just told them how touching it was for them. So that's always going to be the one that kind of sticks with me the most. Yeah. 
I, I actually sometimes find it a bit difficult to watch that video because it just it brings up so much emotion. I'm not a frontline worker, but my my husband is, and yeah. that first month in March, he was working every single day, and I remember recording that part where we did the outside piece where we were we were distanced, and that just being so emotional and so heavy and whenever I watch it now I, mean, I love it at the same time and it was so helpful at the time it was so cathartic at the time but I also find it a bit difficult to watch as well for that reason mm -hmm. yeah. yeah okay how about your top three favorite songs ever okay for my first one I have to pick Blackbird because the song reminds me of mental health challenges because my mom who has schizoaffective disorder or my, or it reminds me of the mutual, the movie beautiful mind. And that's one of the theme songs is talking about his beautiful mind. And he has all of the newspaper clippings on the wall. And my mom also does that. So when I sing that song, it makes me think about her. Secondly, I would say, listen to the music because uh, my parents used to listen to that growing up. And it reminds me of them and how there's been a lot of challenges in our family. But what one thing that actually unites our family is music. My my dad is a drum player. My mom loves to sing. Like, we've always been a musical family. So I love that one. And then I guess I have to pick Super Trooper. I Because my children, my children love that one. My children will get on the couch and throw their arms up in the air and be like, I'm a super trooper. And they just, they just love that one. Yeah. So then it reminds me of them and their future. So, so it's so funny because I, I think if you polled most of our choir, those last two, Listen to the Music and Super Trooper would not be the ones that would come up. A lot of people don't like Super Trooper. More, I think, maybe don't don't not like it but rather it's not their favorite I think especially for the twos because it's very similar the same notes yes. but I love Super Trooper mm -hmm. and then I also love listen to music because I remember when I did my one stint in a choir in grade four and we had a performance there was some kid in grade eight who performed that as a solo and he was amazing like took the whole house down and I remember that just being this little magical moment and I think the first time where I'd had this really powerful moment that was associated with music and with performance and so I, oh, I nice. love listening to music too great yeah <laughs> on the same wave thing. that's right okay favorite memory from our open mics oh so many good memories from the open mics I have to just pick one that's really hard there's so many there's so many I can't can I pick a few Sure, go for it. Ah, you're too nice to me. So I actually really liked seeing you and Christine do your duet and Rachel and Moni because there was such a lack of people being able to get together as friends during the pandemic. And it was just so wonderful to see this being a way to celebrate your friendship and do something together as girlfriends. And so that was a really encouraging, really encouraging and then I loved Irene. I'm sorry, but she just had a real groove about her. And what I've learned about Irene and I is both her and I are kind of like secret introverts who seem like we're very extroverted. And you really get to see, you know, her personality in her videos. And I love that. And then I love doing just the opportunity to do it with my kids, which I already said. I know I shouldn't say that I love my own one, but I, I loved like being able to record something with my kids. So I just loved everything about it. It was great. What about your funniest Anthony moment ever? 
funniest Anthony moment. There's so many moments, Anthony. <sighs> There's so many. I, I really, I feel bad because like nothing is coming to mind as like one thing because he's just generally so funny all the time. Oh no, I'm drawing a total blank here, Kara. I'm, he's not going to like my podcast. <laughs> this is going to be on his bottom. Of, I said nothing special about him. <laughs> oh, well, it's know, okay. You know, I like when he got the match. I don't know. I like when we gave him, that's not really a moment for him, but I really like when we gave him that, the single match. Referencing our performance from, from CGT, where he kept on focusing on us saying one match in a, yes. in a correct way yeah. and, like, and failing at that yeah i don't know why but i just like that that represented to me the banter between him as our director and how we how we try to follow him but we also he's able to accept mockery like he which i think a lot of people don't you know even though he's so extremely talented at what he does he's also incredibly humble and to me that was just a marker of how he's able to dish it, but also take it, mm. you know, and, and that <laughs> is that kind of dynamic that makes it fun. And I don't think a lot of people could have been, you know, had their choir be like, we're going to give you a single match as a gift. And, <laughs> well, especially know. when we gave a whole, I think, fruit basket to Denise. <laughs> yeah. And then gave him a match. Yeah. Oh, poor Anthony. Okay. What about your favorite memory ever from choir? Oh boy. Favorite memory ever. I don't want to say that it was Canada's Got Talent, but I mean, that was pretty spectacular. Having all those women and they, everybody was really given her. I think for some of us in the choir, we were probably never as on fire in our lives as we were at that moment. And <laughs> <laughs> and so, and like I said, so many of us, you know, we're so professional and put together all the time and rule followers and always on time and taking care of other people in our lives that this one moment of the point of it was just really be free and deliver the best performance we could possibly do. I remember that I still had the chance to kind of look around at people and take it all in. And I was just so proud to see everybody just giving the best version of themselves. And definitely to add to that, going back to Susan too, and I would say hearing Susan deliver her message at the mm. beginning and at the end, that was for sure a highlight. To be able to know that it wasn't just about the singing and the performing, but also that we had a message behind what we were doing. Like I think, and just the way that Susan delivered it was amazing. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Agreed. Okay. So I would love to know, and I actually don't even know if you hesitated to join the choir at the beginning, but if you were now talking to Anne two years ago before you joined the choir, or maybe if you didn't hesitate, if you were talking to somebody who is currently wondering about whether it would be something they'd like to do, but not so sure for a bunch of different reasons, what would you say? It is hard to carve out regular space in your week with the job that we do. And if you have happen to have children or any other care commitments, if you're concerned about being able to make the time, like the truth is it will be a challenge, just like anything else that you try to, to squeeze into your life. Most of us, even including, and I love to pick on Danielle Bischoff because I love her so much and she's the only surgeon in our choir, but I'm like, she manages to make it happen. I remember when we recorded an audition video for CGT, she had, was operating all night before and still showed up to do the audition video and they picked us. So she couldn't have looked that tired. You know, she managed to 
show a brave face. And, and a lot of people, even just to get the time off to do the performances, like it, it is a challenge, but I think it's, it's just like anything else. And sorry to sound cliche, but there's a major reward with carving out that space and um, like, you're definitely not going to regret being a part of this choir. And it is going to empower you in other areas of your life and give you that strength and help combat burnout and provide the community. So I think it's, it's worth the challenge. Perfect. Okay. Any parting words, Anne, before we finish up? I think all, you know, frontline workers or healthcare workers or even caregivers benefit from some kind of creative release, whether that's writing or dancing or in our case, singing. And without that, I think a lot of it kind of bottles up and people are burning out. And music and singing, I think, is such a great human connector, whether you're young or old or employed or even in, unfortunately, in the case of my mom, like, you know, music is still a huge part of her life. And it's, it, music is such a, a, a unifying force in society, no matter what your socioeconomic class or what walk of life you're in. We, we all connect with it. And I think it's just such a privilege to be part of this choir. And I hope that other people are inspired by us to find their passion and their creative release. And, um, and, and I, and thank you for listening to our choir and podcast. And thank you, Kara, for putting this podcast together. <laughs> oh, you're welcome, man. Okay. Well, thank you so, so much. Welcome. So many gems, so many pearls. Have a good day. Thank you. Thanks, Kara. You too. Bye. Goodbye. Thanks for taking a listen to this episode. If you are a woman physician, Voices Rock Medicine is the in-person choir that meets in Toronto, and Voices Rock Connect is a virtual option that has members logging in from all over the world. If you are not a woman physician and you live in the greater Toronto area, you can check out Voices Rock Ensemble if you are 18 or older, Voices Rock Prime if you are 65 plus, or Voices Rock Kids if you are in grade three through 12. Learn more about Voices Rock and how to join the Voices Rock community by clicking on the link in the description or by visiting voicesrockcanada.com.